This is Cloud City. Cloud City with Martin Bove. Welkom bij aflevering 3. Vandaag hebben we David Sharp aan de telefoon van Agva Gevaart. Agva Gevaart is gevestigd in Mortsel en dat is nu toevallig ook juist de plaats waar ik zelf ben opgegroeid. Het was wel heel bijzonder eigenlijk. Hè? Mortsel is vandaag een stad, toen ik hier nog woonde was het een dorp, uh, om zo'n groot internationaal bedrijf in de stad te hebben. Nu, Agva Gevaart, vroeger bekend van fotografie, in de buurt van de fabrieken daar hing ook altijd een heel speciale geur die mij altijd is bijgebleven. Nu, David zelf is security officer en global IT director. Hi David, can you tell me more about yourself and Agfa? Oh, hi Martin. Yeah, um, my name is David Sharp. Um, I joined Agfa um, about twenty-two uh, years ago from um, Dupont. Um, and started working for the headquarters of Agfa about uh, 10 years ago. Um, Agfa is a, a historic company. It's been around about 150 years and has migrated from what was purely a um, photographically oriented and film oriented company to a more digital imaging company in a number of areas of um, the market. Um, with a major focus in um, graphics imaging and healthcare imaging. And alongside that, there have been a number of other developments that AGFA has been at the forefront of um, with involvement in some specialist products. Um, yet again, starting from the uh, source of um, film, but moving forward into manufacturing of printing materials and um, photographic materials that are used in areas like uh, aerial photography and PCB production. Um, so overall, a fairly historic company um, that's moved through a number of cycles and is currently undergoing um, digital transformation, which has been um, necessary in its environment. Um, especially when you consider the way that film has changed from its original um, originations in uh, photography of black and white images uh, through to color and then, of course, into digitized imaging. Yeah, it's been quite big, uh, a game changer, eh? also digital photography. Uh, is ACFA still doing something right now with, with photography? I actually moved out of the digital photography market um, about 13 years ago um, as a result of a, a visual decline in the film market and also the fact that the specialist companies in um, camera manufacturer like um, Canon, Fuji, Leica, etc. were going down the route of bringing into play those technologies 
um, that were needed to do the digital image generation. So we pulled away from that uh, particular market at that time, but still remained in um, areas where digital imaging was important within um, healthcare and also the, the graphics um, reproduction um, market. And now, of course, into the digital imaging market with inkjet machines, so the machines that basically produce the big posters that hang on the side of the walls and all the marketing material that sits within shops and um, other aspects of it. Okay. We're also involved in, um, through that source of um, information and, and imaging, also involved in things like banknote design and um, specialist products that are managed, uh, the, that enable the identification of fraudulent uh, materials by using specific CR coding techniques and putting um, individual designs into the uh, uh, material design of leather products and things like that so that they can't be duplicated. So that's quite cool, David. Does that mean, because you triggered me in something, with the banknote design, does it mean that you really can develop your own banknotes? Um, in theory, it could happen. In practice, of course, it's illegal. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the, the, the software that's used for banknote design is distributed through companies that, of course, have a license to do that and produce them. Okay. So, David, uh, and what do you do today? Yeah? Because, yeah, security, IT management, what is your main role today in the company? Um, my main role today is I'm um, in charge of the global infrastructure. So all of the infrastructure that the Agfa Group uses around the world. And I'm also the information security officer for the Agfa Group. So I have a responsibility for um, ensuring that we um, are... Um, maintaining our availability and uh, counteracting the effects of cyber crime on our company. So they're the main roles that I have at the moment. Um, and I'm also, um, of course, through that involved in the aspects of um, digitization where our company is moving towards delivering um, products, like um, software products, more as a um, a cloud-based um, deliverable um, and more on a managed service perspective um, through the business units that we have in place. Okay. Um, If you look to, to your customer base, who are the most important customers today? Um, I, overall, Agfa is um, existing within um, one in two of the hospitals around the world and um, one in two of the newspaper productions uh, producers around the world um, as well as one in two of uh, the major graphics printing organizations around the world so there is a significant number of companies that are major um, contributors to our revenue streams but in if you look within the uh, the Belgian and the the, um, the European environment were in, involved in um, maintaining systems for um, the Zika Mouse uh, network of Antwerp, which is a group of hospitals within the Antwerp area, and also 
involved in supplying systems and um, consumables to the major newspaper producers in those regions as well. So they're um, fairly high on our list of contributors to the revenue stream. Um, but a similar um, scenario exists in other countries. Um, so from a, a healthcare perspective, in the US we are uh, very linked to the major universities in the US with suppliers, systems, um, and places like Cleveland Clinic um, and other large hospital environments over there. So it's quite a large install base, but very niche when you come to it and very business-oriented as opposed to customer-oriented. But it gives a challenge around the security aspects of it as well because you're dealing on one minute with a customer that's uh, working on a newspaper production for the next day and on the other minute you're dealing with customers that are um, trying to keep their um, patient health information safe and secure in their own environments. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a quite diverse market, but yeah, niche niche markets always work. Eh? They taught me that in business school. Niche is a great place to be in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. So David, you are really changing a lot of things eh, in your business model, eh? changing to software, managed services. Yeah. Is it is it driven by the customers or are you, are you driven it? Are there other drivers? I mean, it's driven It's driven by the customers um, in one sense, in that the customers are looking as well to to um, obviously keep their, their business going. I mean, the healthcare customers are driving the move to digital because actually, you know, storing lots of X-ray images in archives underground in basements is quite an expensive thing to do. And it takes up a lot of real estate. Um Whereas if you have it in a digital format, it's uh, significantly more accessible to a larger number of people and improves their um, efficiencies as well in that sense. And they're able to do um, far more efficient workflows by um, forwarding the information around uh, the network rather than sending huge files of data around which contain very large X-ray images. Um, and, you know, the facilitation of those digital images, things like MRI scans and CRT scans, which contain huge amounts of data, is far more effective when you're doing it in a digital way than, I mean, effect what would be a paper-based background, you know? Yeah. Carrying a thousand slices of uh, an image around is not feasible, whereas, you know, one, one file that contains a thousand slices of an image of somebody's body is far more practical so yeah that's uh, that's an area which has been driven of course by the, the demands of the customers but also it's driven by our innovative R&D staff who are looking at new technologies and for driving the market on an ongoing basis so David if, if we look at all of these things uh, they often say that innovation on this scale and I think for sure with your global responsibilities is not possible without a cloud-first strategy. How do you look at that? Um, I think that uh, we, we, we are moving towards um, a cloud strategy. And um, in order to deliver the, the capabilities of being more agile in development, et cetera, et cetera, it, it, it's, it's the way to move forward, right? 
Um, we also consider internally the fact that you know we have a number of legacy systems that um, need to be kept alive in order to deliver um, the backbone of our manufacturing plants in other areas. So it's for a company like Agfa, it's a mix of the two which we are moving towards. Um, very much, um, I understand that the cloud first from an innovative strategy is one of the right ways to go and that it delivers real benefits. Uh, but also, you have to remember that there are other parts of businesses that require different technologies and therefore you end up in a hybrid environment. So, um, being of the view that um, I sell cloud to our internal customers, but also we sell it to our external customers and the fact that uh, it is part of the future and will become more and more part of that future um, IT landscape environments and enable a lot of digitization. We also have to recognize that there are a number of systems that require um, the more hybrid approach, which is, you know, the majority of it is based in a data center of some sort, but may be linked to other elements that sit out in the cloud. And then today, Akfa, you are using public cloud or more from your own data centers or how do you work today? We, we we use in the majority at the moment on our own data centers but are moving towards using public cloud and also of course SaaS based systems um, for delivering some of our tools to the internal environment um, and that's um, an approach that um, we've picked up on over the last four or five years but also digitizing in effect our own environment as a a cloud-based global source of data and um, has been part of our uh, previous strategy. So as we move forward, we need to look at how we can then optimize what we've got today and also move into a a more um, cost-effective, coordinated hybrid architecture that will enable us to be the supporter of the business of the future. Um, and those customers that want to operate in that environment going forward. Uh, often innovation is also um, learning to manage the legacy systems together with the cloud, uh, with the cloud stuff and let it work together, eh? I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, innovation isn't just about new stuff. It's not just about uh, the new. It's about finding newer ways of handling the old, right? Um, and being able to do that and mix that together is an advantage in in any company, I think, um, because you know you you always have that need to to maintain some of those older systems, but then you still want to innovate as well to get away from them and move forward and and reinvent how you deal with that particular process. But in order to do that, you have to think of extra ways of. Um, putting front ends on top of ERP systems so that actually you can have a you know, multiple ERP systems run through the same functions so that they can um, work more effectively as a shared service center, but still look into the core systems that are behind and then subsequently migrate away from those core systems into some form of shared ERP. Um, so the all of that is part of innovation, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, David, uh, yeah, we've uh, in Belgium, we and I think in the rest of Europe also, we are still in a, a lockdown situation, less worse than the first wave, of course, but still, it's a something, it's a lockdown. People working from yeah. home, 
Um, how have you been managing that? Um, well, it's, it's, it's been a challenge because um, as a global company, um, we've seen that we saw the first wave migrate from Asia around the world in a westerly direction and hit different countries at uh, different times and different rates. Um, and we needed to react um, in order to be able to accomplish and keep keep working, right? Um, the users themselves um, have been fairly flexible in how they, they've taken this and, and we were able quite um, to cover this quite well because in the majority of our locations that aren't manufacturing plants and or R&D innovation centers, we have a fairly significant number of people that were already working from home. So outside of those centers, some 75% of the people had the capability of working from home. And um, a large proportion of the people actually who were in those centers, other than the people who worked on the production plant, also had that capability but didn't use it very often. So we were quite lucky in that we were pretty well prepared to have people working in the home environment um, during the lockdowns around the various countries um, from an early point. Um, we, we had to change some of our processes a little bit um, and we had to make sure that some people could actually operate with um, their desktop-based equipment rather than laptop-based equipment in a home environment. So we adapted our processes and and uh, put in place security checks for those particular pieces of equipment. And we enabled that working as well um, to happen. Um, in addition, looking at how we um, enable other people to work continuously using um, remote working that isn't VPN-type connected, Um, was another challenge that we had to do and we successfully achieved that as well with our R&D staff um, throughout the world. Um, we were I said, we were pretty well prepared and the net impact was uh, pretty low from a technical perspective, but of course from a human perspective, it was a fairly big challenge and we had to cover that as well by improving our communication, relaying uh, information around potential cyber attacks, um, the, the changing environment around cyber um, attacks from the outside, the malware, the ransomware that's come along as a result of COVID being in place, you know? Um, and that communication aspect was a major part of what helped us. So, David, how do you manage that from, from a global scale? Because how many people are working? At the Gagfrey Everett, remote now? Uh, we've got about 10, there's about 10,500 employees, and all together, including the, the third party uh, companies that we, we also support, it's about 8,500 people working outside of the company premises. So it's a, it's, it's a reasonable number of people in different locations, you know? And each country has its own challenges, you know. Not every country has the fastest and greatest broadband. Um, and that in itself provides a challenge as to how you communicate. So we've introduced and, and utilized a number of tools um, to enable that communication. Microsoft Teams, Cisco WebEx, um, improving the way that we use our telephone systems, 
enabling people in Belgium that normally work with an office phone to work at home with a, a soft phone through their, their desktop. Um, and all those sorts of things have all been part of what we had to do in order to enable the technical move. Um, and then you know, building the communication up through local people and through um, our own intranet um, was part of that. Yeah. And it worked well? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's worked pretty well. Um, and we, you know, it's been, been helped by the fact that we've had um, a central team who've been monitoring what's been going on on a global basis. And also, not just from an, 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 an IT perspective, but also from a company perspective. Um, our company company doctor has been monitoring what's been happening in each of the locations as far as potential infections has been concerned. And also, we've had a, a focus crisis team within the Belgian environment to look at how we can adapt the workplace to the post-COVID environment and make sure that the manufacturing plant is um, a safe place for those people that have to work there to work in. Um, so yeah, it's been a relatively well thought out approach and well managed and governed approach from that perspective. Yeah, I can imagine. So, so David, um, uh, you're originally from the UK. Do you live in Belgium now or do you travel around? Or I actually I actually used well prior to, prior to March 2020, I was commuting on a regular basis to Belgium. Um, I'm working out of the office in Belgium, but uh, since then I've been locked down at home. So um, I spent more time with my wife this year than I've ever spent in the last 10 years. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's been an interesting scenario because, you know, of course, everybody has to use the the technology that's available in order to continue working and, and it's worked very well you know um, yeah. I, uh, how was it from a personal perspective uh, working from home all the time with your wife maybe kids family around um? Um, I, I, I've done it for a number of years prior to this anyway um, you know um, from a from a personal perspective I'd been I'd had some form of um, home working in my um job since 1996 um, and therefore I had the ability to work um, from home on, an, you know, on a regular basis since then and uh, so I was quite well adapted to it and you know, I've got a certain capability in the house where I can sit down and it's pretty pretty well stocked with IT tools so that I can continue with communication capabilities and, and working as if I was in the office. Um, so from that perspective, it's not too bad. From a from a, a, a kid's perspective, um, my children are now fairly well grown up. Whereas you know, a few years ago, yes, I used to have them coming into the room and saying, "Daddy, Daddy, can you do this?" And it was all a matter of, "No, no, no, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone." But now it's um, I don't get disturbed at all. <laughs> ah, that's, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. the, the only thing you get disturbed with now is the Amazon guy or whoever coming to the door and delivering parcels, right? Ah, that's <laughs> terrible. And somehow they have an app or something so that they can see when you just started the meeting. <laughs> it's, 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 that's true yeah. it's, it's really crazy the doorbell always rings yeah, at the wrong time yeah always always so, so so David also digital transformation is a big topic uh, yep. in our show um, 
uh, I think Agfa um, also as a child I uh, grew up in Mortsol so I really everybody knows the company um, now yep. it's a company an old company uh, as you said uh, it's a company always on the move uh, with mixing cultures uh, IT systems uh, a lot of mergers acquisitions uh, sell off sell off of certain yep. parts of the business also So I think yeah. on the reinvention part, it's it's really great eh, what what they uh, what they achieved already. Um, but how do you manage that from an IT perspective while at the same time investing in the future? All those mixes of people and cultures and ideas. Um, it's uh, it's a matter of um, prioritization and um, making the efficiency of the operational tasks etc um, to be at such a point where they, they tend to run on an ongoing basis um, at a level which doesn't cause too much um, interference okay so by bringing into the, into play the relevant processes you know, from an IT perspective around you know um, incident management program management uh, around problem management and change management and having all that um, working in the background allows you to keep that operational task of running the various aspects of the older type of technology um, to be ongoing Um, and then to look at, um, from an innovation perspective and a, a digitization perspective, to be able to spend the, the money and investment along with the business partners to grow that area and recognize that any innovation that they do come up with can be moved into a production environment or a, a production area and, and ad absorbed into the company's Um, digital environment um, fairly easily, but in a secure way, um, is the challenge, right? It's That's the big change, and you have to have that focus on that change. You can't just do one or the other. It's uh, If you don't keep the, the engine running, you know, the, the windscreen wipers will not work, and you won't be able to wind down the windows, and you won't be able to go any faster, right? So you have to keep that maintenance and things on the go. But actually still look at how you can innovate and go forward and improve what you're doing in, in other areas. And it's a it's a tough balance without a doubt. And um, you know, I think um, the CIO Caroline Van Rompuy and her team have, have focused very much on on moving towards looking at that area of digitization and moving it alongside the company as they, they they move in a business process way as well um, and focus around taking that challenge and being able to deliver knowledge and skill sets from your team that worked previously in, a, in an operational environment through them going out and educating themselves, us educating them and them gaining extra knowledge um, really does help with that approach. Um, and it's it's very much a team effort between the business and, and IT. Uh, absolutely. I, I can fully agree. I think there's no such thing these days like just an IT project, you know. It, it's it's no. much more than that. It's uh, You have the sales and marketing, operations, everybody is a part of the transformation process. Yeah. Correct. 
and 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 the other aspect of that is also say, taking the view that says, well, look, if somebody from the business does come up with a really good idea that's oriented around the IT environment, don't just say, well, hold on a minute, that's shadow IT, you go away, you know, embrace it, take it on board, and 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 bring it with you, and and, and move that forward, um, so that the company itself can move forward in that digitization digitization um, roadmap. Yeah, you just said the magical words that uh, describes a lot of situations in companies as shadow IT. Um, how how is that uh, at Agfa, and how do you manage that and the challenges there around? Um, well, it, it does exist. I mean, it exists in every company, um, yeah, and. We come from a, a background where we used to use Lotus. Well, we, we were very much using Lotus Notes as a, a tool for emails, but it wasn't just an email tool. It enabled people to become, you know, everybody could become a developer. That was a few years ago, you know. So by doing that, you embrace the fact that shadow IT is going to exist. Um, you you have to take that and say, well, okay, it exists. It exists, so allow it to exist and allow it to grow so that it can start to develop into some form of solution that fits into the business process. But also then take that and embrace what they're trying to do and work with them to make sure it's secure, to make sure it meets the needs of the business and then can be put into a production environment as it as it grows in its own entity. And that's the only way you can do it. If you ignore it, Um, will betide anybody that ignores shadow IT because it will only grow and grow unlike most things that could be harmful to a company or an organism it will start to be harmful whereas if you take it and you embrace it and you say well I can manage this and I can work with it and I can bring it into the actual organism and the ecosystem of the company it allows you to actually allow that innovative aspect to move forward and it also allows the organ you know, the organization as a whole to grow so um, that's our view on you know, the shadow IT approach yeah, there's a big human side to it of course uh, what do you consider as the biggest challenges about managing the human side of, of change and all the transformational parts uh, I think the biggest challenge now is that um you're dealing with um, people from all ages um, and um, it's been able to keep those people of all ages um, enthusiastic about where you're going to and how you're going there um, to be able to keep them involved and up to date you know um, and the, you know, the skill sets that some of the, the things that we require are becoming quite tight in the environment um, you know I mean a lot of the big companies have taken up a lot of the network skill sets a lot of the security skill sets etc and a lot of the development skill sets so you have to keep them innovated in a company that's got lots of different challenges and I think that putting those challenges in front of people is one way to address their their desire to move forward um, but yeah you've got to be able to manage and work across As a manager, um, all of the um, age groups that exist, you can't just focus on the Z generation because the baby boomer generation is looking after the heart of 
you know, the systems that were there. You know, you have to be able to to, in, to keep all of them interested, and that's uh, that is the toughest challenge, I would say, from a human aspect. Okay, so you, you're talking me about age groups. Um, do you also see a lot of differences between the different countries? Yeah, yeah, you do have you do have cultural differences. Um, in, in you know, I mean, you even have um, cultural differences within a country, you know, um, and and the way that people approach things can be different depending on where they come from within this particular country, you know. But um, being able to handle that across the large environments um, from an IT perspective, you're a little bit more distant from that, uh, but you still have that in play. Yeah, you know, um, you have the fact that you know there there are religious festivals in a number of countries that are part of the culture and, and you have to be able to cope with that and deal with that as part of your 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 human aspects of management and governance and you know, those things are important and also how people get motivated to work is part of that as well, you know and um, it is a challenge yes, and you have to as a global company be able to encompass that and move forward with your new diversity planning and things like that as well in order to 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 be the company of the future yeah absolutely absolutely what do you see as the big big uh, big challenges for the next years Rekha? i think the big challenges for the next years are um moving more more into the digitized environment uh, picking up on the cloud um, and also you know ensuring that the marketplace is 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 fed with new technology and innovation you know, it's a, it's a major part of of Agfa's capabilities and we have to be able to adapt we have to be able to become a company that is adaptable that you know does you know, do um, do um, procurements does do mergers does do acquisitions and also does divestitures as we did earlier in the year with um, one of our divisions you know, um, and that that is you know, the adaptable company of the future the innovative company of the future I think okay that sounds great so David we are almost coming to the end of our show uh, and I always like to ask a last question about three big takeaways that you can give about successfully trans uh, digitally transforming companies Um, can you give some takeaways? Um, one, one is, um, I guess, the uh, be open to the ideas, be open to the people, um, take all of those ideas and use them as a, as an engine to drive the company forward. Um, number two would be, you know, no, no idea is a bad idea. Um, you embrace shadow IT and use it and uh, you involve with the business and I guess uh, thinking about number three that's an interesting one you keep your customers in mind because they're doing the same thing they're going through digital innovation they're going through a change uh, involve them in what you're doing as well and um You, you will gain from that as well as through the internally driven stuff. Yeah, that's a great one to end our talk with, uh, David. I would like to thank you for your time and uh, it was great having you. Thanks a lot and good luck and keep safe.
Ja, yeah, you too. Hè. Bye-bye. Bye. Deze aflevering is mogelijk gemaakt dankzij Microsoft en Aspects. Aspects, de partner met meer dan 15 jaar ervaring in application hosting voor al uw cloudoplossingen. Onze missie? Een zorgeloze IT-infrastructuur opzetten op maat van jouw organisatie. Met gegarandeerde maximale uptime.